Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of A Vision for You. Today is Sunday, March 15th, 2015. My name is Leah, and I'm your moderator. The share ID for Friday, March 13th, is 7393. This morning, A Vision for You presents Acceptance is the Answer. The big book teaches us that to get over drinking will require a transformation of thought and attitude. Acceptance is one of those attitudes necessary for the recovery process. Acceptance isn't passivity. It's the opposite. Acceptance is opening our minds to a new idea. It's not sitting back, whining, complaining, blaming, resenting, justifying, or fault-finding. Acceptance isn't a closed fist, angrily holding on to what it wants. The big book states if we are planning to stop drinking, there must be no reservation of any kind, nor any lurking notion that someday we will be immune to alcohol. We who have recovered from compulsive overeating have admitted we couldn't conquer compulsive overeating with our own remaining resources. And so we accepted the further fact that dependence upon a higher power could do this impossible job. Our whole treasured philosophy of self-sufficiency had to be cast aside. It came as a result of developing the willingness to accept these new facts of living. Such is the paradox of 12-step regeneration, strength arising out of complete defeat, weakness, and then acceptance, the loss of one's old life as a condition for finding a new one. With us this morning to present Acceptance is the Answer is Becky Kay, a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland, Becky is devoted to the 12-step way of life and carrying the message of recovery. And welcome to the line, Becky Kay. Thank you, Leah. Thank you, Vision for You. And it's my great honor to to be here this morning to share with you um, one of my favorite stories in the big book is entitled Acceptance is the Answer. And so I'd like to talk today about how acceptance is the answer, and if we're going to say acceptance is the answer, then we have to kind of step back and say, okay, well, what is the question? (laughs) And the question for me was, I needed a road to recovery. I needed a road to recover from my compulsive overeating, and I needed help. And so for me, acceptance was the answer to that question. So I'd like to share with you my story as it relates to the big book, Acceptance is the Answer. And it's interesting, when I talk about my story and the focus on acceptance, I I look at the big book and I really admire our founders who wrote the big book And, of course, Alcoholics Anonymous is sort of the double A, if you will, Alcoholics Anonymous, AA. Well, to me, recovery is triple A, AAA, 
awareness, acceptance, and action. And first, I had to be aware, I had to become aware that I had a disease. And in the past, I went right from awareness to action. You know, oh, I, 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 I need a diet. So what, what action, what diet should I do? But the key is, is that I never truly accepted the fact that I had a disease. And let me just pause here for a minute to share with, with you why I feel acceptance is the answer and how important it is. For those who know me, and I share this in my home group, um, and if you meet me, I'm 5'10", I have brown hair, I have green eyes, and you're probably wondering, okay, what does this have to do with compulsive overeating? Well, the fact of the matter is, as I was growing up, I was surrounded by petite, little, tiny girlfriends. And here I was, always the tallest in the class. And I never really fully accepted my height. And instead, I wanted to be sort of this small, petite, little blonde girl that kind of just fit in. And as a result, I was always hunched over. I was always, you know, shoulders kind of up to my ears. And and just, you know, you can picture this ridiculous-looking person who by the way was always overweight trying to hide in this body and my parents and everybody used to say you know Becky stand up straight stand up straight and of course I never did because I never fully accepted my height so when I didn't accept my height my actions didn't fully follow what I do today for instance which is stand up strong and tall and fully accept my height and and Similarly, I've learned over time in terms of my awareness that I have a twofold disease. I have an allergy to the body. When I put in sugar, my mind and body goes wacko, and I have an obsession of the mind. And it wasn't until I could not recover until I accepted this fact. And that leads us to step one, which, which says, you know, I'm powerless over food. And my life was has become unmanageable. And that acceptance is critical. That's why step one, and, even, and as I get into a little bit further, step one, two, and three, it's the foundation of our program because before I accepted fully that I had this, this twofold disease, this allergy of the mind and the, and the obsession of, of the body, you know, I went from diet to diet, and that was my action. And see, the acceptance was never there that I needed a a, a transformation as Leah kicked off this, this session, an attitude transformation and the, and the acceptance that I needed a higher power. And so when I went from diet to diet to diet to diet, and even had food plans delivered to my home. And and I know some of those programs may work for some people, but for me they never did. Oh, sure, they, they took some of the weight off temporarily, but then I gained it all back and even more. And so it was this constant yo-yo, up and down, up and down, which really was more up because the trajectory or the, the graph, if you will, was always the weight was higher and higher and higher. And I never fully accepted or none of those programs 
had the component of a spiritual connection that I needed. I always used my willpower. And as step one says, I'm powerless. And believe me, I tried. I tried it. Every time I, I tried a new diet program, I said, this time, this time, you know, I really mean business. And I did. I really meant it. And I would start out gung-ho and then inevitably, I always ended up to the food, always. And I would look in the refrigerator and I'd say, how did I end up here? I really, really meant it this time. <laughs> and I just couldn't understand. And finally, when I realized that I was just completely hopeless, I, I had hit rock bottom and I knew that I just couldn't do it on my own. And um, and this had been years and years and years of in and out. And I finally came to program, and I realized and I heard, you know, in terms of the awareness that I had this twofold disease. And it was through the acceptance of steps one, two, and three that helped me on the road to recovery. Step one meaning that I had to fully accept that I was powerless, step two, that God could help, and that step three, that I had to need to, to let him. And this was very, this was critical in my, in my recovery because, as uh, the big book says uh, on page 25, and if I may read it to you, it says, we, there's no middle-of-the-road solution. We are in a position where life was becoming impossible. We had two alternatives, either going to the bitter end, bailing out our own intolerable situation, or accepting spiritual help. And when I, when I first heard that, when I came you know, to OA and I was listening to you know, um, readings of the big book, I thought, well, you know, I have my own God. Thank you very much. And, and I really thought that perhaps you all were some sort of cult. But then I realized over time and as I was accepting the power of my disease and how and accepting the powerless over my own self because I had hit rock bottom. I mean I could no longer control my eating. I was eating and eating and eating and I remember one time I ate so much that I actually fell down to my knees and went to the computer and Google why can't I stop eating? And that's when I finally found the rooms of OA. And, and as I started to, to read the big book and started taking these steps, I was fully then able to accept that I, I truly am powerless and that, that God could help and that I needed to accept his help. And that is the foundations of, of step one and two. And what's interesting is I, I realized and as I grew more and more in program, that more acceptance was needed as I continued to walk through the steps of recovery. For instance, when I hit step four, as an example, I had to accept the fact that I had defects, and I had to admit that I had those defects and that, those, that I had done wrong to other people. You see, I had always justified my behavior. Well, you know... I, I deserve it. You know, I've had a hard life, and, and I, I should be able to eat this. Well, what I didn't realize and what I've learned to accept is, yeah, I deserve, I deserve good things. I deserve a healthy body. I deserve, 
I deserve the spiritual help that is, that I, that can that is given to me from this program. And in while I was rationalizing and eating away, I was always also very angry, always angry. I was like, you know, like I said, I I deserve this. I can eat this. And I had to accept, like, the instructions of the big book. See, acceptance to me was the answer because, as the big book says, we have to leave anger to those that are better able to to handle it. Love and tolerance is our code. Which, as I continued to read that, I noticed that it was about me having to reduce my ego and and sharing that you know and sharing with others some of the defects that I had done and what was very difficult for me was I wasn't ready to do that and so even though I knew I was powerless this 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 program is is a continually um a transformation of attitude, as Leah mentioned, in terms of acceptance. And what I had to realize that even after I accepted the fact that I was powerless, that I had a cunning, baffling disease, and it would rear its ugly head time and time again. And even though I've learned over time that I had to accept the fact, for instance, that I can no longer eat sugar, See, when I eat sugar, there there is a there is a um, whatever whatever happens to me is I can't stop, I can't stop, and so what I had to realize is that I had to say no, no to sugar, and I had to also accept and learn from the mistakes that other people made in the big book. So, for instance, when I read the story of Fred, you know, he would not accept that he was an alcoholic. and Or Jim or the man of 30 and the whiskey and the milk and all those, those different things. I had to accept that I have a disease that has absolutely no cure. And, and so, for me... Even though I have a cunning, baffling disease that tends to rear its ugly head, I have to accept also the help that I receive from my fellows. When you look at the program and we and we look at the steps, we the, the word "we" comes up. We are powerless, um, and. It's a we program, and we have to be able to also accept help. And I I think for me, when I look at um, accepting help, that was very difficult for me because I always thought my own self-will would continue to do me well, you know. And what I had to realize is that I had to accept powerlessness. I had to accept that I you know I was just at rock bottom and and that's a hard thing to do because who wants to admit utter defeat and so when I got a sponsor for instance and I learned early on from program that I had to learn and accept the help from others and I remember when um early on when my first sponsor said to me 
um, you know, does, is abstinence your number one priority to, to getting well? And, and I said, well, you know, what, what is your number one priority? And I realized, I said to her, you know, my number one priority, oh, is my kids or my husband. And I had to keep revisiting that very question and realizing over time that abstinence is my number one priority, and I had to accept that. And as, as the story, uh, Acceptance is the Answer, says on page 415, you know, when you put program first, everything else comes first class. And so for me, I had to really fully accept the fact that, A, I'm powerless, B, I have a disease, nothing else can help me, and it, it, took, it, took, it was very difficult for me at first. And what I realized is that I had to fully accept that fact, and it took a long time. Then after I accepted that fact, I realized that others around me were arguing and, and sort of fighting with me. So, for instance, um, when, for instance, they um, when I would when when I would go out to eat and people would say to me, "Oh, you can have this sugar," and you know especially my big fat, you know, Mediterranean family, you can eat this, you can eat this. And I, I had to realize that I had to do all I could to share with them that I can't do that I can't have that. And see that's what I learned also from program. It's that this is a very it's acceptance is it doesn't always happen from others. And it is um it's a very controversial topic. And what we had to learn was acceptance is the answer, and we had we had to show love and tolerance as our code for others. And I I just really wanted to share with everyone that um, it, it took a long time for me to accept life on life's terms. In, in this program, and I wanted to read from you on page 417 of the big book, if I will, which is part of Acceptance is the Answer. Um, excuse me. Uh, realizing that acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I was disturbed, I found that some place in person, place, or thing, or situation, some fact of life unacceptable to me. I could find no serenity until I accept that person, place, or thing, or situation as being exactly the way it's supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. Until I could accept my alcoholism, I could not stay sober. Until I accept life completely on life terms, I cannot be happy. I needed to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in this world, but what needs to be changed in me and my attitudes. And for me, it was just so difficult to to really fully accept initially that I just had to stay away from sugar. And and you know what? I had this big hole in my heart. And I was digging I was digging this hole deeper and deeper by really basically just digging 
digging my, um, my grave with my spoon. And what I realized over time is that I needed a spiritual help to help me. I needed God's help to help me with this, with this disease. And what I realized that with God's help, I could share, I, I could stay away from the food, that the, the compulsion to overeat was lifted. And I couldn't do that before. I, I, it, it was just so difficult. And, and forgive me, I, I, I know as I'm talking now, I'm very, um, I, I feel like I'm, I'm spinning here. And um, I'm, I have to share with you and be really honest, I'm normally, when I, when I give presentations, I'm normally not, not nervous. But right now, I'm extremely <laughs> nervous sharing with you, envision for you, and I think when I came onto this phone, I really wanted to um, share my story of transformation through acceptance, and I and I sort of sat back and outlined the big book, and wanted to go through some of my transformation, and and I and I feel a little bit um, robotic right now, and I and I and forgive me if if I'm feeling a little bit. Um, unorganized or if I'm, I'm sensing a little unorganized it's so unlike me and you're probably wondering okay who is this person rambling on and on and let me just take a deep breath and share with you honestly that for me I, I don't know what came first the chicken or the egg I don't know if I was born with a compulsive overeating or if I or if I learned it from others you know here eat this here do this all I know is that I just never felt like I fit in and food was my refuge and I would eat and eat and eat and I would just balloon up and I I knew I had an eating problem but I always thought that I could control it and then until I realized and fully accepted the full ramifications of this disease that I have a physical allergy and a mental obsession. And until I walked into the rooms of OA and learned the big book and followed that and accepted fully all the directions in the big book, I could not recover otherwise. I just could not recover. And, and I tried before. I tried to use my willpower. I tried everything, and it just didn't work. And, and for me... As I mentioned, the triple A's, awareness, being aware of your disease and accepting the fact and then taking action. And part of accepting the fact, for instance, when I look at sugary foods or salty bags of things or boxes of that, you know, there are times where I think, oh, you know, I can just have that. Well, no, I can't. I had to accept that. I had to accept that reality. I cannot eat that because if I do... I I could be dead within minutes. There, I cannot eat that. I cannot have sugar. And also, I had to also learn that I cannot have volume. And I had to truly embrace and accept that with all my heart. And the only way I could do that is by fully accepting the fact by taking step one. I am powerless over that. And also fully accepting step two, that only God can help me, and fully accepting step three, I think I need to let him help me. 
And then to take actions on that acceptance and being able to say, you know, okay, God, what is it that I need to do here? You know, I used to say the Lord's Prayer all the time, you know, thy will be done. But I never knew what that meant. I never lived those words. I never took action on those words. It wasn't until program and my attitude changed and that transformation took hold of me when I started saying those words, thy will be done, and fully accepting what is God's will for me? What is God's will? I had to ask myself those very same questions. Then fully, that's when I fully could accept and move on. And see, for me, before, I had to also accept the the ramifications of my disease. When I was in in the food, for instance, you know, I used to take naps all the time. Well, you know what those were? Those weren't naps. Those were blackouts from food highs and lows, sugar highs and lows, just like an alcoholic blacks out. I had to accept the fact that I had this disease that took hold of me so hard and so fierce that not only was I obese and overweight, but I was blacking out by taking these naps every day. And that the all that all that desperation and all those 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 negative things that happened was that I fully it was the gift of desperation because it helped me accept this this cunning baffling disease that I had no control over and that I had to fully and truly accept the fact that I am powerless and that I cannot eat. And so today, I have to have boundaries around my food. I went to a nutritionist. I have certain amounts that I have for breakfast, certain amounts that I had for lunch. I had to accept those boundaries. You know, it's just like driving a car. When when I'm about driving a car and I, I, hit, I, I turn around a bend and I see this, this this guardrail, that guardrail is there to protect me. It's a boundary. So in case I'm going a little too fast or, or whatever, or if the roads are slick, so then my car doesn't fall over the cliff. There's a boundary there. I ex- When I drive around that boundary, I accept that boundary. Just like now, I have to accept that I need boundaries over my food because left to my own devices, left to my own will, I will spiral out of control. I cannot control that. I need this program. I need to accept my powerlessness, and I need to accept the spiritual remedy that this program offers me. I have to look to a higher power each and every day. And and part of that higher power is helping me accept that I need boundaries around my food and that I need also boundaries around my emotions. When I was in the food, I used to rage and yell and 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 be this power hungry person who thought she knew right. Matter of fact, my nickname was Boss. And I used to say, Well, you know, when you're a leader, you know, you can sort of bark out orders. Oh yes, I rationalize my bad behavior all the time. And so I realized through program and through this spiritual transformation and this attitude change that that I may have certain tendencies or certain qualities, maybe leadership, maybe a little bit tendency to bossy, but I, I can't hurt others because when I was into the food, 
I, I, I was just a raging lunatic. And, and now I'm not because I have accepted not only the fact that I have this cunning, baffling disease, but I've accepted the fact that I have this spiritual power that has helped me. And this, of course, has come through the program. And I think for me, the book Acceptance is the Answer has truly been a wonderful outline of of just acceptance in every way, shape, or form. And, and I continually do this each and every day. You know, I say the third step prayer every, every morning. And, and part of that is because I need to accept that a power greater than me has to direct my actions each and every day. And that I also have to realize that if I don't, can, this, this, this program is a daily reprieve, as the big book says. And I wanted to share also from Bill, Bill's story on page 14, because he also had shared the same sentiment, and, and it's something that I learned. The moment, it says here, the moment that he fully accepted the fact that, he could, that, that when he destroyed his own self-centered will and turned his Toward, uh, uh, toward God, or, or in other words, a higher power, he said the effect was electric. He had a sense of victory, followed by peace and serenity he had never known. He had the confidence and felt lifted up. On, on, and, he, and he also said that, that through and through he felt a great wind, like on a mountaintop that blew through and through. And he says, God may come to you gradually or suddenly. For him it came suddenly. And for me it came suddenly. When I came to program, it was like someone flicked on this light switch. And I know that acceptance was difficult for me at first because, you know, as the big book says, I'm restless, irritable, and disconnected. And, boy, I can also add the word stubborn. And it was hard for me to initially accept this. But once I hit rock bottom and I was in this dark, dark place when I I knew I had no other choice, it was then that I was able to, to experience the peace and serenity that I had never known. And it was then that I was able to experience all the promises that were that were stated in in the big book. And I also wanted to share with you that I I never thought that I would say this, but I am glad that I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm glad that I I have this disease. And I know you might think, oh, okay, now I've heard it all. But see, because of my disease, I was able to walk into the doors of Overeaters Anonymous and I was able to work this program of recovery and I was able to take steps one, two, and three. And while I always had, I think, a relationship with God, I did not have a close relationship with God and I did not follow his will. I had my own self-centered will. And it was until I walked into this program and realized and fully accepted the magnification of my disease 
but also the need for for my my God to help me through my disease. And now I turn to my God for all for help in all my problems in in all the issues because see this program is a program to live life on life's terms. And sometimes life terms, you know, can be difficult. We are not in control of what is put in front of us. But with this program and with these steps, there is a way to live life on life's terms. And and acceptance is truly the answer. And Leah, forgive me, I know we talked a little bit about going longer, but I I was just wondering if anyone would like to step in with with any questions. Thank you so much, Becky Kay. We appreciate your experience, strength, and hope this morning as you shared your journey regarding acceptance. Uh, Becky Kay's contact information will be offered at the conclusion of the recording, so stay tuned for that. And yes, we will transition into a question and answer period now. If anyone has any questions for Becky regarding acceptance, you can direct your question by pressing star 1 to unmute and identify yourself, please. Good morning. My name is Raquel. I'm a compulsive eater. Hi. Good. Go ahead. I want to say thank you very much, you know, because um, when I've been in program a while and sometimes the fact of acceptance comes to be like something passive, and even the way that the meeting was open, it was wonderful, I want to thank uh, I want to thank you very much because you kept it simple, you kept it to the point, you kept it about recovery, you know, how I have to accept God's help, I have to accept that I have defects. I have to accept my boundaries with food. That was really nice for me to hear. And, uh, you know, I have to accept the power of this disease, and I have to remember it often, and I have to remember that I can go to God to accept his help if I want to be recovered. Um, What you said was beautiful about a transformation through acceptance. I I really like that because I can see how things happen, and, and to me it was also very difficult to say, what is exactly God's will? Like, how do I say, like, thy will not mine be done? It, will, it really took a long time for me to to understand that concept. And, and you made it clear for me. I really like what you said. And it's not a question. It's, I just wanted to tell you that it was, it was very helpful for me what you said. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Star one to unmute if you have a question for Becky this morning. Hi, Liz. Uh, Liz, this is Liz. Your name again? Liz. Liz, please go ahead. Becky, thank you so much for what you shared. Um, I was wondering, I don't know if you have the big book right in front of you, uh, page 420, the second to last paragraph on, on the on the sentence. Yes, there. <laughs> One of my favorite sentences is, uh, I never just sit and do nothing while waiting for him to tell me what to do. Rather, I do whatever is in front of me to be done, mm-hmm. and I leave the results up to him. Uh, I leave the results up to him. However, it turns out that's God's will for me. I wonder if you would speak to that, um, because I just think that's a very powerful sentence. Yes, yes. Well, for me, um, I, I'm always a creature of control and habit, and what 
and and again, I, I think you bring up an excellent point that while we have, you know, this is not a passive program that we have to take some action as well. But there's also sometimes where we have, sometimes the action is to do nothing, and. But it's interesting, whenever whenever I ask God for help, I always get the answer. And sometimes it's it's to do nothing. So, so for instance, in living life on life's terms, okay, you know, um, now I, I have two, two children who are, are college and uh, are, are out of college now, but when they were when they were trying to get into college, for instance, some accepted them, some, you know, didn't. And here, here is something I want to do. Oh, let me call the admissions for you and see if I can get you in. Well, you know, as I prayed, I realized that that wasn't what I had to do. I had to do what what God's will was for. And, and, for, and what the answer was was to do nothing. And so some cases you have to do what's in front of you. But I see now with program, I always turn to my God for spiritual help and guidance in what I need to do. I I hope that helps. Thank you, Liz, for your question. Who else has a question for Becky this morning? This is Sherry Kay in Georgia. I hear Sherry Kay. Anyone else? Anne-Marie M. Anne-Marie. Anyone else with a question at this point? Okay, so let's go with Sherry Kay first, please. Good morning, everyone. Really, I have a comment. I, I too, have uh, come to the place where I can say that I am glad that I have this disease, but it's only with um, acceptance that I feel that way um, of my disease. And, I mean, you know, I, I just am at a place where not only... Has God removed me of my uh, my need for sugar? But um, but I feel a sense of, a sense of peace and serenity uh, with all things. Um, life is so. This is just totally not the kind of life that I used to live. It is it is what a fourth dimension. Um, all those things that Bill talks about um, in the in the the first 164 pages, um, I've received so much more than just the removal um, of my need for sugar, and it is truly truly amazing. Um, I I just can't say any more than that. So I will um, I'll pass now. Thank you, and thank you to the speaker. Thank you, Sherry Kay. And Marie, your question, please. And Marie, star one to unmute. Okay, thank you, Leah. I had a little bit of trouble. Um, thank you, Becky, so much for your uh, share. I, um, I I liked it so much, and I want to... Um, I'm going to ask a question. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to listen to the whole thing, so maybe you already went over this, but um, how do you practice your Step 11 is uh, what my question was. And, again, I apologize if you did uh, redo that in your talk. And I just also wanted to say I thank you so much 
for emphasizing the spirituality. Um, I mean, that's what I heard uh, when I was listening. Um, that I just really appreciate that. So um, if you could just ask, I, my question is, um, how do you practice Step 11? Thank you. Yes, thank you. That's a great question. Um, each and every morning I say the Step 3 prayer, and then each and every evening I also um, try to reflect back um, and I do step 11 in conjunction with step 10. And so I try to look to see, in terms of step 10, I answer the questions that are really right out of the big book. You know, where was I selfish or where was I, um, you know, discontent? And then what what that helps me do is if if that is a question, if, if I have an answer to that, it helps me, find out that in those areas I had a disconnect with my spiritual, um, with my God. So, for instance, if I um, was resentful, it, it, it chances are is that I had an expectation that wasn't met, and so then it helps me understand, well, was, my ex- was that my expectation or was that God's will with me? So each and every mo- so in summary, each and every morning I, I, I do the step three prayer because I want to be connected with my God each morning. But then each evening as I reflect back in my day, I do a step ten, which is the questions in the big book, and then relate it to where areas where um I may have been disconnected from my God. Thank you, Anne Marie, for your question. Who's next with a question for Becky? Star one to unmute. Hi, this is Esther in New York. If I can ask a question. Esther, yes, one moment. Esther, anyone else? Lisa M. Lisa M. Anyone else? Kathleen W. Kathleen W. Okay, Esther, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, it's interesting because I'm just reading about acceptance and I'm having a hard time with it. I feel like a resistance in me to um, accept the fact that I am a food addict and I actually had cravings over this Saturday and thank God I didn't pick up. And um, I wanted to know, did you have to go through, um, like were there certain steps that you had to actually take let's say through your sponsor, through a program, but also within yourself. Did you have to, um, did it take certain steps within you to get to the point of acceptance? Yes, that's a great question, Esther. And um, yes, several things come to mind. Um, First, unfortunately, I had to have the gift of desperation. I was so much at rock bottom and so beside myself and literally on my knees crying, why can't I stop eating? And so when you hear the term there, the gift of desperation, it was true with me. I And so I was so raw that I, I, I had nowhere else to turn. And so when I came to OA, I realized that I had I had no choice. It was like either continue in this misery or accept a new way. And so I... I went in there in a way just fully able to accept because I knew that if I didn't, I would continue this road of misery. 
so 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 that number one was the gift of desperation. Also, when I heard about okay, you know, I have to give up sugar. Um, my sponsor at the time was saying to me, you know, you have to give this up. You have to give this up, and and I didn't want to because of my self will. So what I did is, and this was very very helpful, is I took a magazine and I started cutting out pictures of all these sugary flavored desserts and, you know, salty things in bags. And and I actually just took them all and and just cut them out. And then I sat very quietly on the couch and I pretty much had a little funeral. I actually ripped them up one by one and said goodbye to them. And so it was this sort of um, finality, if you will, (laughs) okay, I can't have this, I can't have that. And there was something very um, powerful about that. It was like saying goodbye to something that had been my friend. Because, see, for me, when I was overeating, food was my comfort. Because I couldn't live life on life terms. I couldn't handle my emotions. So I just turned to food. And And so food had become this friend I'll mind you, this friend that was killing me. So I had, it was like saying goodbye to a friend, if you will. And so I kind of had this funeral with the pictures. Um, And then I started realizing that there was other things I could have. Tremendous fruits that tasted beautiful or wonderful protein that I could now taste because before I never really tasted food. I would just jam it in my face and just, you know, swallow it. And so um, the third step was really enjoying and the things that I could have and have this new profound respect for for things that I could have. And and see, that was also a, a, sort of the fourth thing is then I, t- I did a gratitude list each and every day. And so instead of dwelling on what I couldn't have – I then became very grateful of what I could have. And then I was grateful for what I did have. And and now I'm not just talking about food. I'm talking about life. So all those things that, all those life complications that took me to the food, now I was able to enjoy life and deal with life, even the hard to handle highs and lows. So I hope that helps. Thank you, Esther, for your question. Lisa M., your turn. Hi. Thank you. Thank you um, very much uh, for your talk. My name is Lisa M., and I'm from Massachusetts. And there's a lot of things I related to, and I've been thinking about this acceptance and what it actually means, because I've been struggling a bit, you know, it's like I'm tall too. Okay, I know I'm tall, but do I accept that I'm tall? You know, um, you know I'm a, you know I have a dog, and I know I have my dog's wonderful. Do I accept it? I know I have an illness, but do I accept it? So I think you know I'm sort of on that. This, what's the difference between I know I have it and I accept it? So can you talk about that a little bit? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Well, for me, um, that 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 was the that was the crux. That was the crux right there. 
you know, knowing that you have it and fully embracing it is is sort of, you know, the the black and the white or the yes or the no or the um and and there is really no middle of the road solution. It's like you're either a little pregnant or you're not. <laughs> you know, people say, "I'm a, am I a little pregnant?" Well, no, you're either pregnant or you're not. For me, I had to accept fully that I had this disease. And I had to accept that there was absolutely no cure for it. And if that's the case, then, see, then the actions would follow. So now my actions are, I don't pick up the sugar. I don't eat the volume. Now, that's not to say that my cunning, baffling disease doesn't pique my interest and want it. But boy, oh boy, instead of picking up that food, I pick up the phone. And that's why I attend meetings all the time, is to keep that cunning, baffling disease in check. So you see, sometimes it's tricky because you may fully accept something, but then this cunning, baffling disease, you know, life and life, you know, got to live life on life's terms, but then something happens and you want to go back to the old comfort. And I accepted the fact, for instance, that I cannot pick up this food. And I also accept that the cunning, baffling disease is going to percolate. And that's why I go to meetings all the time. I never thought in my wildest dreams that I'd have to attend meetings once a week or listen to Vision for You, you know, every other day. I I mean, I'd much rather be sleeping in. I'd much rather be doing other things and going to meetings. But I have accepted that that's a big part of my action plan to conquer this disease because there's no cure. There's no cure. And so that's why I keep going to meetings to keep this alive and well. But the acceptance, and that's where you have to really pray to higher power, is to fully accept because then the actions will follow and the actions will follow the appropriate acceptance. So good luck. God bless. And um, it, it was like now, if you look at me, I stand fully tall and erect, where I never did. I never accepted or embraced or celebrated that that's who I am. And now I celebrate. I'm a 5'10 compulsive overeater and a grateful recovering food addict. Thank you, Lisa M. Kathleen W., your turn. Hi, this is Kathleen W. from Phoenix, Arizona recovered. Um, I just wanted to ask you, what do you do when uh, the same character defect keeps resurfacing and it um, it is always the same one pretty much on my nightly review? And it's, I have a nine-year-old daughter and it's um, trying to control and reacting to her um, instead of accepting that she's only nine years old. And just what, what suggestions could you give give us? Thank you. Well, I think for me, um, sometimes our defects, um, the flip is it could be our strength, and um, but it's a strength gone, gone awry, you know. So, for instance, um, leadership could easily become bossiness and controlling. And, and so, um, for me, I always write about the flip side of that particular defect. And if I'm continually using it, I ask God for his assistance. Is it because 
he wants me to use it as a strength. Um, and also, for me, my higher power, um, <laughs> he's pretty funny. When he wants me to um, take care of a defect, he is going to make me practice, practice, practice. <laughs> it's kind of like being in a in a in a sports thing. You know, you want to make that shot, you got to practice, practice, practice. And so, um, when you say it's continually coming up, that that kind of reminds me that 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 God is is really. Um, it's a it's a test it's a test you you're gonna re, you're gonna keep redoing the test until you pass, and so you might want to write about is your defect the flip side of a strength that that you want to use. So instead of trying to boss her, is it that you really need to guide her, and to manage her? But then also is is really it's it's the acceptance of letting go and asking God for help, um, and it that's been hard for me, and and it's. It's an ongoing process, and and see, we are such an irritable, you know, discontent bunch, and we want to be right, and, you know, we want to do things perfectly, you know, or not at all, and so you have to sort of ask, ask higher power for a little bit. For me, I ask higher power for a little bit of, of guidance in that in that regard as well, so I hope that helps. May I press star one, please? Thank you, Melanie. Anyone else? Thank you, Kathleen W., for that question, by the way. Anyone else have a question for Becky this morning? Great. I Anita L. I heard Anita L. Who else? Great. Sherry W. Deb W., I believe I heard. And Sherry W. Sherry W., thank you for the correction. Anyone else? Okay, Anita L., why don't you go first? Okay, thank you, Leah. Good morning. Uh, thank you so much. Um, my question has to do with um, making an amend to a loved one. And this amend and and my negative feelings continually come up. I have surrendered uh, this person over to my higher power several times, and the person keeps coming back into my life with an amend. So I can see that I haven't actually uh, totally surrendered that person over to my higher power. And I've just, uh, this morning, I again surrendered and uh, put it in my God box even and asked God to please help me to see the goodness, like the flip side, just like what you're saying. And I can see that the reason why this happens all the time is because she possesses a lot of my character defects. And so I just wonder if you've ever had that experience where one person in particular continually comes up and uh, how you've handled with the surrender. And I'm, I'm assuming that acceptance will be part of that answer. So it's interesting how we've been talking about that this morning. 
That's my question. Could you hear me? I hear you, Anita L. Becky, you'll need to press star one to unmute, I suppose. Hi there. Can you hear me now? It's Becky. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, thank you so much, Anita. Yeah, I, I, I want to share with you on page 417 of the story, acceptance was the answer. So the acceptance is the answer to all my problems. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, or thing, some fact of my life unacceptable, and that I can find no serenity until I accept that person as being exactly the way it is supposed to be at that moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. And so for me, it's it's really about accepting that person fully. And I try to remember, as hard as it is, I try to remember, you know, the big book saying love and tolerance is our code. And just accepting that person fully and trying to understand and put myself in that person's shoes. Um, and, and that's not easy. That's not easy. But that's exactly what I need to do to accept that person. Now, as I was also saying about accepting boundaries, there is that, that fine line. You know, if this person is harming you, then you need to set those boundaries. And that's what I, just like I have to set boundaries around my food, there are times that I have to set boundaries around people. If people are going to, you know, hurt me, I am always going to try to to show love and tolerance, but then I'm also going to set and enforce different boundaries with that person as well. So I hope that helps. Thank you, Anita L. Sherry W., your turn. Hello. Yes. Hi, I'm Sherry W. from California, and I have a question about acceptance, a big question. I am, um, I've been battling this disease since I was 12. I didn't even really know it was a disease until recently. I lost uh, half of a foot, um, amputation due to diabetes. So food has been an issue for me basically all of my life. So for me, I accept and I don't accept, and I don't. I go in and out, and so I feel like I'm so sick, but then I don't. I'm not consistent with it, and so I agree. Acceptance is a thing, but how do you stay in that place of acceptance? That's my my question. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I stay I stay in that place of acceptance by keeping um, by working the program every single day. The big book says we only have a daily reprieve from our illness, and that's why we say we have to work this program uh, one day at a time, one day at a time. I can do this one day at a time, and. If especially if you find yourself kind of in and out, then you might consider, or I consider, for instance, going to more meetings, picking up the phone, talking to more people on a particular day, writing more. So if, in other words, I find that my acceptance might start to waver 
basically because I'm also losing my spiritual connection. So I pray more, not just in the morning, not just in the evening, but maybe throughout the day. So, yes, um, when acceptance wavers, I dig in more. When I find that life is getting harder or I can't live life on life's terms, you'll hear people say, you got to go to more meetings. you gotta, you got to pick up the phone more. I stay more in line with program because, as the big book says, we only have a daily reprieve, and that's why we have to continue. That's, I'm assuming that's why Vision for You is available every single day, and it's on recording, so you can pick up 24-7 anytime. So for me, it's it's really digging in deeper to program. Thank you, Sherry W., for the question. Anyone else with a question this morning for Becky? Star one to unmute. Hi, this is Maria. Maria, anyone else? Star one to unmute if you'd like to ask a question. Okay, Maria. Please go ahead. Thank you. Uh, this is Maria in Alabama. Um, thank you, Becky. I um, I'm sitting here uh, as you're talking, uh, taking notes. Uh, on my own about, you know, what are my trigger foods because I really have a hard time with that. And um, my question is, um, I have the acceptance, but how does the acceptance of my disease, all I have to do is look in the mirror, um, would turn to motivation and then to action? Mm. Um for me, my motivation was I was so desperate. And if you're not desperate enough, you might want to look at the big book and read the stories of the man of 30, of Jim and Bob and Bill and Dr. Bob, and learn from them, learn from their experience, strength, and hope and try to obtain that motivation, but more importantly, pray to God for that motivation. Thank you, Maria, for your question. Anyone else with a question this morning? Otherwise, we will close. Star 1 to unmute. Going once. Twice and three times. Hello? You got in, yes. Your name, please. Hello? Anyone with a final question? Hi, this is Eileen. Ask a question. Yes, Eileen, and there was someone else trying to get in. Jean, okay. So Eileen will be first, and then Jean will be our final question. Go ahead, Eileen. Hi, this is Eileen, Recovering Compulsive Eater from Pennsylvania. Thank you, Leah, for your service. Becky, thank you. I plan on getting and listening um, 
Peter talk many times this week. Um, my question to you is, um, I'm struggling with one behavior around the food, and it just came to me as I was listening to you this morning, um, and I haven't really even spoken with this about my sponsor, but I, um, I'm single and 48 years old, and I really struggle with that. It's a huge thing. It brings up a lot of fear and anger, resentment. And those feelings were exacerbated when both my children left for college this year, and I'm an empty nester. And every night I sit and eat my dinner in front of the TV. And it's an abstinent dinner, um, but I'm struggling with letting go of that behavior because that means sitting at the table by myself. And I know there are things that I can do, write a gratitude list, read some literature. Um, and I'm just wondering if there's any behaviors around the food that you really struggled with or had difficulty accepting and how you went about um, changing that for yourself. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. And I, I think for me it was um, really digging deep and and sort of, peeling back the onion and understanding my feelings. See, for me, I, I never felt. I, I, did, I, never, I never allowed myself to feel. And, and so I just ate, 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 and anesthetized myself, so much so that I would black out sometimes and, and go to sleep um, under the guise of, oh, I'm taking a nap. So for me, acceptance was also understanding in accepting that I had to learn how to feel. And I had to, it was the three A's. I had to be aware of my feelings, accept them, and then act accordingly. And in many times, I wasn't aware of any of my feelings. And so, for instance, when you were mentioning, you know, you said, you know, I, I don't want to eat alone. Well, maybe one thing you might want to consider, which is what I considered, is why do I feel alone right now? Because people, you know, or why do I feel lonely? And and so those were the types of feelings that I had to be aware of and that I had to accept. And that, that, that feelings are okay. It's okay to feel alone or it's okay to feel happy or it's okay to feel even mad. It's what you do with those feelings that may may or may not be good. So I might be angry that someone cut me off, for instance, when I'm driving, but I can't go out and be in a road rage and cut them back off. You know, I might be angry that they cut me up, but then I have to act differently. So, for instance, you might be alone or feel lonely, but being aware of those feelings and accepting those feelings and then act accordingly. I think for me that's what I had to do, is I had to learn how to feel. And I didn't know how to feel because for 45, 50 years, I stuffed my feelings with my food. Thank you, Eileen, for the question. Jean, your turn. Jean, star one to unmute. Can you hear me? We sure can. Go ahead, Jean. Okay. You'll be the final question today. All right. Let me tell you, I've been abstinent for a lot of years. Weigh and measure, no sugar, no flour, and 
I am having a trouble with um, some anger. And I'm all right on my own with what happens to me, but when something happens to one of my grown children, and it is, um, I wrote a dear God letter about it. I'm keeping it quiet. It keeps me in perspective so that I don't become part of the problem. But it's like I'm angry. There's no um, surgery for her. There's some medication. And um, the type of thing it is, they say she has a 57 chance of um beat of living with this, not ever curing it. It's incurable. And um <laughs> she's she's fifty. Um I'm checked off and I wrote about it and I talk about it and I come here to um vent about it and um because this is completely out of my control. She's a girl who fought all the rules. She never smoked. She didn't drink. She eats right. She's a wonderful mother. And I'm angry. That's what I've got. Yeah, um, and I'm sorry to hear that. It's, for me, um, I'm in a similar situation with... Um, with some family members as well. And I I think for me, I can accept my anger or my frustration, Um, but then it's it's how I act. And I look to the big book always. Love and tolerance is my code. Acceptance is the answer. And and so I just pray that, that hopefully the big book will offer you some some examples to to sort of latch on and and I know that 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 it's very hard and um I think the only thing I can say is that it's okay to be angry but it's not okay to act on that anger but also as the big book says you know we have to leave anger to those that can handle it <laughs> um, but I think continuing to write and to and to perhaps chat with your sponsor will be a big help Thank you so much, Jean, for your question. And to everyone who posed questions this morning, and, of course, thank you, Becky, for your service this morning. We appreciate Leia, your... excuse me? Yes. Sorry, this is Courtney in Virginia. Did we get a contact number? For we will at the, at the conclusion of the recording, so just stay thank put. You. And thank sure. you. Becky, we thank you for your service this morning, sharing your experience, strength, and hope, and your insights regarding acceptance is the answer. I'll close from page 164. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us 
We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.